Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. I am your host, David. James and Joseph uh, are not on this go-round of the podcast, but there's good reason. Um, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it or not, but James's mom was uh, going through a battle with ALS, and uh, unfortunately... Um, she passed away this last weekend, and this podcast is dedicated to her memory, and we're thinking about James, thoughts and prayers, and James asked me to do the podcast, so I had no problem with uh, doing a, another solo podcast uh, while he is, uh, of course, grieving, and uh, I just want to say thoughts and prayers go out to James and his family, and um, I think uh, James would say, the show must go on. I think he said that several times, so I'm going to continue here and uh, give you guys uh, the best podcast possible. (laughs) Um, There wasn't a lot of breaking news this past week, per se. Um... But I know it is the anniversary of Rogue One and The Last Jedi. And, of course, I think everyone that listens to the podcast knows my opinion on both films. I loved Rogue One. I thought the uh, the behind-the-scenes aspect of it was kind of messy. And The Last Jedi, for me, it it wasn't what I thought it should have been. Um... But of course, I know James and Joseph loved it, and I think they hold it as one of the best Star Wars films. I don't, but that's just my opinion, and everyone has different opinions, and we go kind of back and forth a lot. It's um, It seems like it's a gift and a curse, I guess, for our podcast, because we talk about it so much. But um, like I said, it's Rogue One's anniversary, too, I think, to the day. Steven Stanton actually posted something on Facebook talking about how it was an honor for him to voice the character of Admiral Raddus. And I told him, I said, hey, you nailed the character. And it was a great addition to Star Wars. And hope you could be on the podcast someday. I always had him in mind. I know he's done several podcasts and radio interviews. And he's pretty fan-friendly. And um, hope to meet him at Celebration. Hope to maybe run into him. There are uh, several podcasts out there that I know that will be at Celebration. We might end up tag-teaming with them and uh, doing a co-podcast. But what I envision is us being at Celebration every night, maybe try to get out a podcast per night. There's going to be five nights, so hopefully... I'm pretty sure there's going to be enough material to talk about and we can share the experience with everyone that uh, 
likes to listen to the podcast and for the people that can't make it out. I know if I wasn't able to make it to Celebration, I'd be wanting to hear the opinions and voice of people that are on the floor in the action, and I think we'll be there. It'll be me and James. I believe Joseph might not be able to go, but I think there's an outside shot. It just kind of depends on several factors. But like I said, it is the anniversary of those two films. And, um, and of course, episode seven as well around this time period. And since episode seven, I started associating Christmas with Star Wars. I mean, it was... It worked so well together once it happened. When it was first announced, I was totally kind of, I wouldn't say against it, but it just didn't feel right. I went through a whole experience with the Lord of the Rings trilogy where it felt right. It felt appropriate. It felt like those weren't Christmas movies per se, but those films fit with the holiday season. And then when episode seven came out, it really felt like Star Wars was a Christmas franchise, even though, of course, it has nothing to do with Christmas. A lot of people argue, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? And uh, arguments are funny. But uh, I think the purists will say, if it if you could take all the Christmas out of a particular film and the film still works, it's really not a Christmas film. So you have that. But for me, Rogue One, it was just a great experience. I still can remember when I went to the Alamo Draft House and watched it, watched it back to back. I believe I watched it by myself first because none of my friends were available at 7 p.m. for whatever reason. So I watched it then, and then I watched it with friends, and I didn't want to jump the gun on it. Because I was asked immediately afterwards, of course, did you like, love, hate the film? And I think at the time I said what I always say. It's, I have to see the movie multiple times, at least twice, which I did. But for a Star Wars film, there's so many things going through my brain that it's just hard to actually see the film for what it is. But I was leaning towards... I loved it, and that ending sequence, that space sequence with Admiral Raddus was just the best. And then finding out that Gareth Edwards found the canisters of film at Lucasfilm or Industrial Light and Magic and used that film for those actors whose scenes were not in A New Hope, piloting the Y-Wing, the X-Wing, the basically the leaders of the squadrons. And recycling that film and putting those actors back in the film, just that was just like icing on the cake for me. I kind of live for that. I, I, I love that when filmmakers can do that in franchises. Go back and take the film that was already shot and weave it in. I just, man, it's, that's just the best to me. And then we found out later on that Gareth Edwards shot an end sequence, which we did see a little bit of in the end of the film, but in the trailers. And we find out that Tony Gilroy was brought in and he had a very kind of 
matter of fact, this is how you solve the issue of the ending of this film. Not being a Star Wars fan, he gave us a great ending. I mean, it's it's one of those deals with don't let me know how the sausage is made. Just give me the sausage. <laughs> but yeah, it was... It seems... Sometimes it seems like it was very tumultuous. And then sometimes it seems like it was not that big a deal. But... It was really cool to see Gareth Edwards' cameo at the end of The Last Jedi. And we later find out that um, he's actually friend, close friends with Ryan. So that worked out because otherwise I'm not sure what kind of relationship Gareth Edwards actually has with Lucasfilm. I haven't seen him on any other future projects. So he had, and I don't think he's spoken publicly about what actually took place and maybe he's not allowed to maybe he's just i don't know he's just not gonna talk negatively about his experience no matter what even though one could say it wasn't a negative experience one could say it was a positive experience because he actually stayed on and got the directing credit and was was gracious enough to step aside for Tony Gilroy to put in his ending, his two cents, and um, have the film that Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, wanted to show us. And for me, it worked. That first picture of Rogue One was of the squad, Jen, uh, Bodie Rook, Maze, or Baze, I'm sorry, Baze, Malbus, and... Uh, Shuit Enway, and I believe, who else was in the picture? I think it was just those four, if I recall. But that felt so 80s to me. That one picture just kind of encapsulated what I wanted. I had, I could take a, I could have a sigh of relief looking at that picture. It looked like they were in the right direction. And uh, for me, the movie worked. A lot of people didn't really take to it like I did. Um, they had issues with character. The characters weren't fleshed out enough. Jen wasn't fleshed out enough. But I knew going in it was going to be an ensemble film. And that's what we kind of got. And now with the announcement of the Cassian series, we are going to get that character fleshed out and hopefully um, that's what it feels like and that's what is most likely going to happen and I'm super excited I haven't listened to our Rogue One commentary uh, since I believe uh, the last time that we recorded that commentary but James was telling me that we did uh, ponder about a Cassian series. And um, I actually don't remember that, but that's what James told me. But um, I can think we're all super excited for that, which we're going to have to wait a little bit for it because they're not going to start shooting it reportedly until 2019, late 2019. So I'm really stoked about that. And... 
Lucasfilm, StarWars.com, made the official announcement this past week that Pedro Pascal is the Mandalorian. So he's been cast in the titular role as the lone Mandalorian gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy. And he is joined by who they had announced, Gina Carano, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with his career, but he is an awesome actor. He is very solid. Everything that he's done, it seems like it's it's been super solid, and he's a very underrated guy that's out there. And I'm super stoked that he's in there because I don't think we ever reported that he was actually in the film. There were rumors out there, and we kind of try not to report on stuff that is probably just rumor and hearsay. But that is a welcome addition for me. Also, Emily Swallow from Supernatural. Um, not quite. I not. I'm not familiar with her. I never watched Supernatural. Uh, Carl Weathers from Predator, of course. He was Apollo Creed in the Rocky series. And Ahmed Abtahi from American Gods. I've never seen American Gods. Uh, Werner Herzog from Grizzly Man. He's a director, an actor, and uh, of course Nick Nolte is also confirmed, um, which we've talked about in a past podcast. So that's a very interesting lineup of people they've confirmed. And just looking at the cast, these actors are, I think, if you take the the ages of these actors and averages them out, I think the age is around 54 or so. So this isn't a super young cast. Most of these actors are very seasoned, I think, except for the for Gina Carano. Uh, who's done uh, Deadpool and a couple of films here and there. Um, but yeah, the cast is is interesting. And I think we're all hyped for it. And we're all looking forward to this new technique that they're using to film a TV series. And... 2019, end of 2019, it seems like that is is the goal, to make it to the end of 2019. Subscribe to Disney Plus so you can see The Mandalorian. And then get Episode 9, which we, we were all hoping there was a trailer that was going to be launched. But it seems like as time has gone on since the last podcast, no one is talking about a trailer for Episode 9. Which is kind of disheartening. But then again, if we don't get anything for Christmas in front of Mary Poppins, I'm thinking it's going to be celebration when we're going to get something. Super Bowl, maybe. I I know Joseph is saying Super Bowl all the way. But I feel like Lucasfilm wants to hold off as long as they can and let every other property that they, they have being released kind of play out and get the maximum amount of box office they can. I know, I think there's something coming out in February. Disney, maybe, maybe so. But I know March, of course, Captain Marvel is going to be their tentpole. 
And then, of course, after that, you're going to get Avengers, which is which has moved its date up again to the end of April. And then, of course, you have a live-action Aladdin, Lion King, Dumbo. So they're going to drop some heavy hitters, and they own about 40% of the box office. And 2019 should be a huge year. We've talked about it on our South Texas Cinephiles podcast, and uh, you can check that out where... It's kind of kind of like Star Wars stuff. We just have a free-flowing conversation, but it's never a solo podcast. It's usually uh, Joe, Jamie, James, and myself. And occasionally we'll have Joseph on. And yeah, it's pretty laid back. Joke around a lot. Um, so yeah, that, that cast for The Mandalorian is is interesting. And... Pedro Pascal actually has a Instagram account and he posted a couple of images which were Dave Filoni Mandalorian sketches and the funny thing is they're on that yellow tablet paper those same tablets if you watch the um the special features uh the uh the documentary uh for the Phantom Menace when that was released, you could see George Lucas writing on those same tablets, Attack of the... or Episode 2 wasn't named yet. We didn't know it was going to be called Attack of the Clones yet. But he writes Episode 2, and he's writing the first words for that for that movie. And it seems like Dave Filoni has taken up the uh, tradition of writing on those yellow tablets, sketching out uh, from what we saw in the Instagram post from, from Pedro. So he'll probably get a bump in... in uh, followers <laughs> um, so going back to The Last Jedi it looks like there's been a ultimate guide release for The Last Jedi and for Solo actually and it's, it's in-depth interviews with the cast um Exclusive revelations from the crew on the making of the movie, concept art, behind-the-scenes photography, and more are included in these in these ultimate guides. And yeah, I'm just taking a look at these pictures online. They do look pretty interesting. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. I wonder how thick these are. I'm not quite sure. But it looks like there's some pretty good detail. We might learn a thing a thing or two. Um, the Solo Ultimate Guide. That's. I think there's going to be more information in there that we don't know. Um, just from just by looking at it, just by kind of the um, exposure that Solo got. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple of the DK books uh, for, I know, Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3. And I think that was the last kind of guide I bought for Star Wars. But, uh, of course, bookstores are not uh, very prevalent nowadays. Everything's pretty much online. But um, I wouldn't mind picking up these. These, are, these look pretty interesting. You can actually go online and just look them up. Um, the Ultimate Guides, Star Wars Last Jedi. So, 
I'm pretty interested, as probably you are as well. But uh, Solo is actually going to hit up on, uh, be dropped on Netflix January, this January, so next month, basically. Um, looks like January 9th. So Netflix has actually removed several Disney-affiliated series. I think you probably already know this. They've canceled Daredevil. Uh, I believe they were removed or canceled Luke Cage. And I think the only two Marvel series they have left are Punisher and I believe there's another series. I believe Iron Fist was already canceled. But it looks like Star Wars might last a little while. Uh, at least probably towards the end of the year. So you can still watch Rogue One. And you can still watch The Last Jedi here in the States. Which I've done several times. And um, usually when I'm doing something, I want to put a movie on, I'll, I'll put on The Last Jedi or Rogue One in the background. And just have background noise. And um, I wonder if we're ever going to find out how many hits... Solo got on Netflix. How many views? Netflix really doesn't make their their viewership publicly known, and it's a very rare occasion. I've read and I've heard, but uh, yeah, watching watching Solo on Netflix. Will be will be the last film, and of course we've talked about how Disney has made a deal with Turner having the rights for all the films on cable TV. So we're not going to get any of those films for a while on the Disney Plus service. Episode nine should be the first Star Wars film to debut on Disney Plus, but of course we're going to have to wait a little while for that after. The home video sells, and it's gonna be it's gonna be not until I believe, and it's just crazy how it feels like when I was a kid, I would you would see the release in the theater, and then it felt like years until you got it on home video. But now it seems like they're pushing more and more that these films get put on home video and put on uh, Netflix afterwards and it's it's an interesting time right now it seems like it seems like we are kind of spoiled in a sense but I think we're all kind of looking forward to the Mandalorian and looking forward to what how this how this tv series is going to work and i don't think we have the answer yet i it hasn't been reported if they're going to go with the netflix um just release the entire series all at once or if we're going to have to get or we're going to have to wait a week uh like standard tv programming for an episode i'd imagine that putting my business hat on that Disney would want to 
air one show per week. If it's a Monday night, a Thursday night, a Wednesday night, so that people, it can deter people from getting on to and subscribing to Disney Plus and then canceling their subscription once they've watched the entire series, just binge it and then leave. That's what I'm suspecting. That would I think that would be the smart way to go, but you never know. Netflix does it, and Disney might see that model and think, well, people are used to that. Let's do that. Or they might see it the business side of the business way and release one per week. I don't know. That that really hasn't been talked about much um, anywhere. Uh, I try and listen to and read as much Star Wars stuff I can possibly consume and haven't seen that anywhere. Um, as far as other news goes... It looks like something has been spotted on the set of The Mandalorian. And this could be a spoiler, a minor spoiler. So if you want to... um, I'm not sure skip ahead, but maybe... um, Maybe stop listening for now. It's not a huge spoiler, uh, but it's something that has been reported. And <clears throat> it's something I've actually seen at Disneyland. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I think it was Disneyland I saw this. But um, it's been reported on the Mandalorian set that Sabine Wren's helmet has been seen on set and is being used by an actor. Now, does this mean that Sabine Wren is in The Mandalorian? No, it doesn't, because it could just be the helmet that's been passed down. We've all talked about how we wanted Boba Fett's armor to maybe be passed to someone else and someone else take up the mantle of Boba Fett. I don't know. We don't know. It could be Gina Carano under there. Gina Carano could be Sabine Wren. We're not quite sure. I don't think anyone knows at this point outside of the people that are working on the TV series. So that's a very interesting little tidbit there. And I saw the helmet in person at Disneyland. When you go to Star Wars Launch Bay, they had helmets, blasters, lightsabers of characters, even animated characters in glass cases and it's very striking when you see it because I don't think for one you expect to see something like that and two for me what ran through my mind is wait a minute they could actually just realize these characters and physical form and just give them to us and of course in Rogue One we were kind of maybe thinking we would see them See Harris being um we got the page for uh Captain Sendula. We got Chopper, but we didn't get any of the main characters. We got the ghost flying in, which was super cool. But um we didn't get the characters fully realized. And we talked about it a lot on the podcast how it would be 
mind-blowing if we could see those characters realized in physical form in context of episode 9. Because we always heard the thing where J.J. said he wants to connect all the trilogies and it seems like that's been kind of debunked uh, as of late. Uh, But, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So... Hopefully, something like that does happen. Hopefully, we do get a prequel character, a major prequel character, appearing in Episode 9. But, um... That's my hope. And I think probably yours as well. Um... Yeah, not a lot of news this week. It's been kind of slow. And... Yeah, there's really not that much to report. And it's just me on the podcast, so... Yeah. (laughs) This might end up being one of our shortest podcasts. But... Besides the news, there's always tons to talk about in Star Wars. I mean, it's... There's just so many things that pop into my head just living daily life and being this time of year the holidays associating star wars with christmas time and of course next year we'll get the film and we'll probably be armpit deep in the mandalorian and we have been getting some some pretty good emails from from listeners lately and a lot of great ideas have been uh, suggested. And me talking with, or rather texting with James and Joseph about uh, different ideas and um, different opportunities and different formats and maybe having some call-ins eventually. But... Um, I think that might be a little further down the road. But uh, like I said, we do plan on attending Celebration and we plan on doing a podcast. Um, and it's probably going to be pretty spontaneous. I don't think we're going to have a set place. If we do have a set place, which may happen, we will send uh, uh, make an Instagram post. I think that's the best way to, uh, to follow us. But... Um, we will be at celebration and come up to us don't be don't be shy i'm kind of a shy person in outside life but that's because i'm a huge star wars fan and most people won't have any clue of what of what i normally think about and speak which is star wars but uh yeah celebration if you haven't been to it is basically Star Wars Nirvana. I mean, it's just everyone there knows exactly what you're talking about. And having gone to two of them myself, it's it, there's nothing like it. I mean, I was literally feet away from James waiting for the 40th panel, and we hadn't met. We didn't meet until Force Friday 2. And it was funny. I took a picture of the crowd, which I will do again. Because of 
our chance meeting at Force Friday here in South Texas as opposed to uh, Orlando, Florida. And now we're doing this podcast. So, And we are meeting up with uh, other friends, other friends from the 2015 celebration and Orlando, of course. And I know I made some pretty good friends there. And uh, it should be a different experience. And of course, I'll probably be taking my my New Hope TIE Pilot costume. I joined the 501st back in August, and uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of 501st activities, and uh, hopefully I'll see you there. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's going to do it for this podcast. Like I said uh, before, uh, James and Joseph should be returning uh, next podcast. Uh, but if they don't, it's totally understandable. Um, I know losing a parent is a tough thing to go to go through. I've lost my mom and my dad, so I can I can relate to uh, what's going on there. Um, but you can always uh, get in touch with us. We've gotten a lot of emails, a lot of suggestions. And we try and respond as quickly as possible. But you can always email us at StarWarsStuffPodcast at gmail.com. You can um, find us on Instagram at SWSPod. Uh, we're also on Twitter as well. And you can also uh, find us on Facebook. We have a page and a group, Star Wars Stuff Podcast page and Star Wars Stuff Podcast the group. And... You can send us a message on Facebook Messenger as well. We've had many of those. And um, I think that's it for this, this edition. And on behalf of James and Joseph, I want to say may the Force be with you always. Thank you.